Rough Trade are giving away a free album exclusively to 101 part-time jobs listeners. That's you. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade album of the month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with exclusive bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code 101POD this March and you'll get the Rough Trade Album of the Month exclusive pressing of Masterpiece's debut, How to Make a Masterpiece, on green and yellow swell vinyl, completely free of charge. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in-store, and exclusive access to sold-out Rough Trade events. Don't want Album of the Month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using 101POD and you'll still get the first month free. So don't hang around. This offer is only available in March and limited to the first 150 signups. Go to roughtrade.com club and sign up with the voucher code 101POD. That's 101POD and claim your first month free. This offer is available to UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads. And artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, and welcome to episode eight of 101 Part-Time Jobs, the only podcast on earth that speaks to musicians, comedians, and artists exclusively about the jobs they had before they went full-time. This week, we have a mega guest in the form of Paul Smith from Maximo Park. The band formed in 2000 and released their first album, A Certain Trigger, in 2005, to a pretty buzzing degree of success among indie fans across Britain and the rest of the world. Their latest record, Risk to Exist, came out last year, which is a fitting title for the show, given that, as anyone knows, working a part-time job in order to do something else that you love does feel like a risky existence. 
The record is great though, and if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it. I was really stoked when he said he'd be up for coming on the show, and yeah, another milestone for the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. I'm Giles Bitter, and this is Paul Smith on 101 Part-Time Jobs. Signature Brew is the official beer of 101 Part-Time Jobs. Do you know what? I don't know why I said 10 a.m. on a Friday morning. <laughs> oh, that's fine by me. So, it's good. I've, I've got a little daughter, so we get up to go take her to nursery, and so it early suits me, actually. What are you up to at the moment in terms of um, music and, um, and I suppose, writing-wise? Because I know you from Penguin. You're doing Penguin stuff. Yes. Um, I've just finished uh, a DIY bedroom solo record, which cool. these days a bedroom solo record's uh, it sounds slightly more hi-fi than it would have done t- even 10 years ago. Um, yeah. When we, f- I, I, f- I think, well, yeah, my first solo thing that I did um, came out in 2010 now, um, which was done with the same, I'm just sending s- files to my friend who's in a band called Warm Digits who are really good. Oh, cool. And um, he's a drummer and knows how to use all of the, the computer stuff. Yeah. Which I don't. So it's a kind of long distance. I'll send him stuff, and he'll send me send me the thing back with drums on, and then I'll put guitars on. And yeah. Um, so yeah, I've just been doing that for the last three months since we got back from a US tour. Oh, I've awesome. just been finalising that and picking up on songs that have been lying around for seven years and yeah. finishing them. So hopefully, I'll have that out later this year. And um, I'm, I've just started working with Rachel Unthank from the folk band the unthanks okay um, great i haven't heard of them i'll check them out yeah they're really good they're really good they've, they've got quite a few albums out now and they've i guess they've got it's it, it's a bit of a uh, broad statement but they've got jazzier and fuller um yeah, cool the, the keyboard player does um adrian who's married to rachel um he does a lot more of he does all the arrangements and oh, great. it's kind of yeah, very full and They've worked with strings and brass and stuff on on the last few records. So yeah, they're really good. So I'm, I'm doing a thing for the Great Exhibition of the North, which is happening oh, cool. um, over. Yeah, it's like a three month thing that's based in Newcastle, but it's all all things northern. So there's people like I don't know, Rasheen Murphy and Nightwa- Nightmares on Wax, oh, um, Sheffield stuff. Yeah, and well, and um, Lauren Laverne is curating it and. Nice. Um, yeah, so she asked me to get involved and said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I'd really like to do something that's a bit more to do with folk music or traditional song. And so we're just starting work on that at the moment, which is, awesome. yeah, I'm writing, I'm trying to write songs, but also because there's so many traditional songs already out there. If 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 I don't manage to write any good songs, <laughs> we can always just sing, just sing some of the older songs. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like that's, that's so much sort of part of the, the culture of, of folk is is you know redressing songs um yeah that, it, that it's, it's not there's not, nothing sinister about it you know as as it, no no there might be something sinister about you know covering an acd dc song or a boston song um but in folk it's very much part of the world yeah yeah i mean a lot of the the songs that got me into folk music a lot of the records were um things like richard and linda thompson um you know richard thompson is writing songs kind of very much inspired by traditional song but it's still it's it's a new song it's not a traditional song from 
hundreds of years ago that's being yeah. passed down and i like that kind of hybrid where you get something that is completely new out of it nice thank you very much for coming on first of all no worries yeah um the first maximo park record were we was that a full-time music sort of gig for you at that point were you doing music full-time yeah we'd been doing when when that came out in 2005 and yeah. we'd signed our record deal with warp records in the i think june or july of the of the previous year so we'd been professional musicians for six months and i'd i was on the dole at the time so i signed off and said nice. i'm having i've got a record deal um goodbye i won't yeah. be coming back here for for at least a year or so <laughs> yeah and see how see how that goes they gave us enough money to live for a year and it, it gave us the time to to make our first record and we went down to london and um tried out um a couple of songs with paul epworth um and in the end he ended up producing our first record and that's what we were doing in that six months awesome. so i was i was a professional musician at that point even even if it was going to be short-lived we were going to make a record yeah we, we'd we were going to tour it and see what happened and things worked out. But before that, um, I was a part-time art teacher and that's why I was, that's why I was on the dole because being a part-time art teacher means that in summer holidays you have no work and you just, um, looking for things and going at the job center and saying, hi, I'm an art teacher. Is there anything, you know, can I teach some classes? What's, what's going on? Um, and there was never anything around here for sure um so yeah that was my that was my situation uh just immediately before the band had started were you trained as an art teacher good question no <laughs> how, did, how did that come um, about then well it was it was quite unusual really as i mean most things in in my life um in terms of career path has um you know if you can call being in a being in a band a career um <laughs> it, they've been unusual um unusually uh, in the, in their formative parts of of, of the of the situation, what, what that doesn't even make sense in the formative parts of the situation. Um, I'm trying to say that when we first started the band, um, I wasn't a singer. I was just stood next to Tom's now wife, um, it, just in a club singing along to the music, and I didn't think anybody could hear me. And they asked me to be the singer in their band and that's obviously turned out quite well that's fantastic um, and in terms of me being an art teacher i had been to art college and done a foundation course and realized that the job options were slim and i felt like i could draw and paint adequately and would if i wanted to pursue that and decided to do something more academic at university so i did art history uh english linguistics and then i did a master's in uh american cultural and social history and so the after, after that I wasn't really qualified to do anything really <laughs> when I looking back at it thinking oh yeah I'll do something more academic and you know I didn't really want to be a linguist so uh, that left me with art history and curating and that kind of thing and just just after I'd finished my master's I just I needed money so I went into a call center and yeah. was working for it was the Nectar hotline just when it had first when the Nectar card had first been introduced so there was lots of teething problems and i was getting it in the neck from <laughs> from all sorts of people on this phone line um which is when maximo park approached me so i was thinking oh my day job's awful yeah um, i'm gonna at least do something on a night that i've never done before i don't know what singing's gonna be like it might be embarrassing but let's give it a go it's it's a bit of a laugh 
and so that's that's that was my situation but yeah being in the call center was absolutely mind-numbing and my friend who is a sports science teacher he he was at this college and said there's a there's an art teacher position coming up just just part-time somebody's on the sick would you would you come in for an interview um and you know they just want somebody who can draw and paint and they'll teach you as you go along so teach you how to teach essentially um so i went in with my portfolio from some of the stuff that i'd done at university because i'd done drawing at university to keep my hand in um as part of my combined honors course and so i I just took my cv and the woman said you know you 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 a great painter which was which was nice to hear um she was saying you can easily teach because you've done a master's degree you seem Mm. confident enough blah 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 and so they they were going to put me on a, a little teacher's training course at the same time while I was doing doing the part-time teaching. And for some reason, that never materialized. And so I was not qualified to teach, but I was um, somehow supposed to be learned on the job, and it just didn't happen. And I, and I left before that could ever happen. <laughs> how, how long were you there at the school then for? Well, this is it. The, they could get into trouble, but I was I was there for eighteen months. <laughs> yeah, obviously with um, you know with holidays in between and stuff. So mm. I'd built up probably about a year's worth of or a bit more of, of teaching experience, mm. and I'd like to think that the people who were taught by me were not shortchanged. Yeah, because um, I was teach I was teaching older people mostly. It was people who had done sort of. Uh, just leisure classes, you know, just wanted to go in and paint and sure. had an interest in in watercolours. How old are we and, talking? Uh, we're talking pensioners because oh, they okay. got the course free. So this yeah. was this was the thing. Anybody could do the course, but because it was um, often during the daytime and there was a couple of night classes, it was people who'd retired and they they were they got the course for free and the, the government funded the course. Um, you, for however that however that worked, mm. that they, they would you know other people could pay for the cost, but it was obviously quite expensive to to have a um, you know a three hours a week t- uh, tutorship going on in the college. But it was for, it was a an NCFE which I had actually done when I was at, at art college. I'd I'd done the qualification myself, mm. and yeah, so I was teaching a lot of older people who weren't that interested in what I had to say to them. <laughs> and you... other people thought I was, you know, they thought this, they, they thought I was a nice young man who could draw really well and they were happy to watch me do a little drawing and show them what to do and then come around and, and give them the chat and t- try and improve what they were doing. But there was, so, there was, for example, there was this guy who was a doctor, um, a retired doctor, and I, th- I think he was just thinking, who's this 23-year-old guy? What's it, why is he teaching me? Is he is he qualified? I think some of them were probably sus- suspecting quite rightly that I wasn't qualified, and so yeah, that was that was the situation. Did you enjoy it? Did you did you sort of um, get? Was it quite gratifying for you? Um, it was in 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 for the most part it was. Um, towards the end of it, I was getting less hours, and I was trying to live on a hundred pound a week, and, and rather than signing on, at least I was employed. But I was traveling back to where I used to live. Um, where my friend who'd who'd got me the opening, he still lived there back in Billingham, which is um, about an hour away from Newcastle. And so, and I couldn't drive, so I was catching the train really early on a morning, and it was a bit of a slog getting there for 
10 to 9 to open things up. The, the timing with the trains meant that I had to get there super early just to even make the class. And then on an evening, I was, um, I couldn't, the, the, the last train back from Stockton where I was teaching to, to Newcastle was at about 10 to 9 and I finished the class at 9 o'clock on the dot. So I had to stay with my parents. And uh-huh. so I, f- I felt like my entire life was um, regressing in some ways, progressing in other ways. Yeah. And the, the classes were, um, as I say, if, if one person has decided to make your life a little bit trickier than, than it should be, it, that, you know, turning up to work can be really uh, uninspiring. But yeah, the, the other side of it was that some people really thought that their work was improving. I thought so too. Mm. And that's, that's definitely something that's gratifying. Um, I work with people on, with, with special needs on Wednesdays. And again, it was, it was something that um, really made me, I guess, grow up a little bit, you know, working in this, working in this environment, just having, having a proper job and working with people who have challenges of their own. I think, yeah, for me, it was, it was definitely something that has, has built me up into whatever whatever I am. <laughs> do, do you still do you still paint much? I try every now and then, and it's it's quite difficult just because you know with with any job you have to throw yourself into it to a certain extent, and mm. because my job's not really a job, it's more of a vocation. You know, it's something that I would do if I if I if I had a normal job, I'd still try and make music. Especially now that I've been doing it for so long, it feels like it's essential. Whereas before, I felt like I, I really wanted to do it, but mm. I, I felt like I was I should be doing something else and trying to find a good job. And instead, I was doing demos and trying to write songs and you know come up with lyrics. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, things um, things changed over the over the course of time, and and now I feel um, comfortable doing what I'm what I'm doing but it's there's still something at the back at the back of my mind that says you know you should be do, get a proper job but I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm digressing now if there was such a thing of as, as retiring as a musician what kind of side th- what kind of you know one of our friends parents now makes soap <laughs> and um and that's an awesome little like sort of pension job to have have you got any ideas for something like that for yourself well, I mean, to go back to your your, your last question, I, I I would like to paint and um, and draw more, and I don't get to do it. Um, you know, I, I'm, everything's pretty full on all the time, and I'm pretty devoted to what I do. But mm. you know, that there it's always there in the back of my mind, and I go to galleries on on days off or before sound checks wherever we are, and you know, I like to to read about art, and I like to do other things outside of music as well to keep me. A little bit more balanced than just being obsessed with being in a band or yeah. whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, to 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 actually have a little sideline where you paint and people buy it, that would be great. In a, in an ideal world, I'll I'll win the lottery and just be able to paint without having anybody <laughs> have to buy it. Um, <laughs> I don't do the lottery, so I need to start. <laughs> I, I just started doing the Euro Millions, and I've got pretty bad with it. Every Tuesday, every Friday. <laughs> this um, is the thing I get quite obsessive about things, so uh, well, it might might not be the right thing to do. Well, so do so do I, and I've, I've fallen into this trap. I get two lines every time now. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't help it. Oh. 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.